to record to you. What are you talking? What are you talking about? You don't even know because you're not paying no attention. I am paying attention, but you're not giving me nothing that's worth paying attention to. Oh, is that right? That's exactly what's the problem. There were some important things happening that you just missed out on because you was being a. a no, they wasn't that important. This hair, Kenneth. What there is going on with this hair? What are you talking about? Can I ask this question? is the way I woke up. Why are you gonna come at me like this? But, I really feel attacked. But all you should—I feel attacked for looking at this wig. Why all these wigs? What are look you talking so, about? I don't think you take good care of your wigs. I don't think you take good tear your teeth. I am Marcellus. I am the TV guy. And my name is Ken, and I am the movie guy. And together we're a hot mess. Oh my God. There's a target on my back. I'm always under attack. He can improve on his posture because the way he's standing right now, he's going to look like a snail at 62. Kenneth makes a good uh, jailhouse top ramen. Um, Kenneth. Okay. What's wrong with my teeth? Tell me. The same thing that you was going to say was wrong with me. My teeth don't have multiple personality disorder. And neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being attacked. I'm tired of being attacked. And I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm tired of being attacked. Kenneth, this is, we've been doing um, a lot of episodes. Are you excited about this? Am I excited about doing episodes? You know what? This is a no phone zone. You know what? This is a no alcohol zone. No. I make the rules. Of course. Thanks. Because as an alcoholic, no you always going to have some alcohol but guess on, what? on the deck, alcohol aren't doesn't you? block me from recording. Oh, it blocks you from a lot. You just don't know because you'd be passed out. That's <laughs> not true. You I'm never not. know what you didn't I miss. I am very capacitated. No, you're not. <laughs> I am never in no. capacitated. No. I am always no. up and aware. You know, the only thing that you have capacity for is gas. Yep, that's true. That's the only thing that you have capacity for. I have for. A, heavy, a heavy tolerance for flatulence. We don't. That's, Nobody around you does. That is not my problem. No, but and there it is. That sounds like a you problem. There it is, and not a us problem. The problem is you don't care about other people. Oh, I definitely care about other people heavily. You don't. I do. I care about other people a lot. What happens when we find you in a drunken stupor and we got to help you in the house? Has that ever happened? Yes. No. It has. That's never happened. It's happened. I had to help you in the house. You know you lying. That's why your eyes rolling. You can't. My finish eyes blinking. are not rolling, and there's no video. Let me say something. I always know when people lying because they do a half blink. Kenneth, I'm telling you right. Don't try to blink whole now. Listen, <laughs> I've never blinked half. <laughs> I always do a whole blink. Ain't nobody ever had you know to. What? I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna give you a sermon that I gave my friend Montreal. He tried to make a comment about somebody taking care of me. I said, ain't nobody ever had to take care of me, and I told him go down the list when, and he couldn't because it's not true. Um, I'm not Montreal, first of all. I'm me. I'm letting and you so, know. Let me tell you something. I have a list. I have never gotten to the point where I needed assistance to get from point A to point B. Do you ever hear this paper on the mic? <laughs> this is me with my <laughs> list. Put, my, put some paper sounds here, Marcellus. You doing the paper sounds? Why well, I gotta put them no, in? No, because y'all don't hear it good. Y'all hear this? Paper. What? <laughs> paper. That's the list that I have of Marcellus. How many times I had to. <laughs> Come and be involved. Do y'all hear that paper? You have not. That's just lies. That's the paper. I am a very, very, very independent Woman. individual. I N D E D. Do you know what that means? She got her own. <laughs> Kenneth, welcome. Oh, are we getting started? Yeah, welcome to my fave. Hey. Are you happy to be here? Yeah. You don't look like it at all. I am very happy to be. I'm going to really need you to stop judging me on my face. I'm just telling you what vibes you're giving off. 
I'm not giving off any vibes that I don't want to be here. Yes, you are. Maybe you're picking up the wrong vibes off the ground. No, that's the... Vi- well. Stop picking up the wrong vibes. That's the vibes you're giving. Because there's several vibes for you. You have a choice and you keep picking up the wrong ones. Did you ever think about that? Instead of me giving you the wrong vibes, maybe your hand is extended to you picking up the wrong vibes. Whatever, Kenan. You- How uh, was your week? Wonderful. Was it? Elaborate. That's what we do on my fave. It- Oh, now you're going to teach me? Yeah. You're going to white man explain to me what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> oh, now you added a color to it? You That's wrong. exactly you what wrong. white people try to do. Try to explain <laughs> everything to us. They wrote the Constitution. They won't let us forget it. <laughs> we wrote the Constitution. We wrote the Constitution. God damn it, we know. Well, Kenneth, how was your we week? We brought y'all the tea. How was um, your week? It was wonderful. You didn't even catch I said y'all. I was talking to all your personalities. See, there you again being shady. I really want to know how y'all week went. There's no y'all. It's just me. Did y'all go anywhere together? It's just me. Did y'all like meet up for lunch? It's just it's just me. <laughs> Are you sure? It's just me. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not gonna come on this. I'm not coming. This is a very toxic environment. And I keep asking myself, why do I return every week? And that's when God reminded me. He said, "You're on mission." Because you like abuse. No, he told me that this is a foreign missionary field, and I was here to help Marcellus. I remember I had a dream. And I saw a face, and I saw these things sticking out the top of the head. And I said, God, what is that shape? And then when you did your hair and twist, it was you. <laughs> I knew you was about to say that. <laughs> it was you. I said, God, I one time I laid him. One time I laid all my twists down, but I put the two fronts up front like horns. And you look like somebody from Ants. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that cartoon? Yes. yes. That was a very adult movie. A Bug's Life. I always get the two confused. A Bug's Life was for kids, kind of. But Ants was an adult movie. But was they dealing with divorce? Yeah. And trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Disney make me sick. They're always dealing with adult themes. I want to talk about kids' movies. Why every dad in the movie got to die? Well, Ants wasn't Disney. but I know, but I'm just saying, yeah. since we were talking about animated movies. How was your week? My week was really good. I had a great week. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to go with producer Brandon and some other people to Smorgasburg, L.A. Mm-hmm. And it was bomb. So much food. So mm-hmm. much deliciousness. And... Um, I kind of went a little too far. I'll be honest. Mm. In what way? Um, so that can mean a lot of things. I, I need to practice restraint. Okay. When it comes to a spending money, b spending money on food, c eating said food, ah. and uh, Smorgasburg, LA, is basically like going to a candy store when you know you just shouldn't have candy. Oh. And when I walked in there, it was like. You know the um the 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 orchestra song. That's how I felt, what? and it was very cinematic and dramatic. Wait, what was that? What was that? You don't, don't know that don't, song? Don't, no. What is that? I forgot what it's called. Okay, now it barely came to me. Okay. Got you. That song makes me think of like Satan. Yeah, well, that's what I felt when I walked in. That was the whole point. So you picked up what I was putting down. So <clears throat> I was just in there and I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. But I got a lot of uh, donuts <laughs> and I shouldn't have. You like donuts. I really love donuts. <clears throat> I need to take you to Birdie's in that downtown LA. But I walked away, right? To mm-hmm. go get some more of these pork. <gasps> oh, let's go to Birdie's after this. I went to go get some pork buns, things that I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. 
That I walked away to get those and came back with donuts. But they got this thing, I think it's called like a mid-city sandwich or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. A mood, mood city sandwich, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's literally like an ice cream sandwich, but it's a donut. Okay. Oh, my God. Was it good? <laughs> it was delicious. Was it vanilla ice cream in the middle of two glazed donuts? I put strawberry. God, I would love that right now. It was bomb. I can't have any more calories today. That's awesome. I'm really proud of you. I'm very good. proud of you. Live your best life. You know what? No, don't At support that. At the end that. of the day, you have to live for you, and you don't really need to be worried about anything else. It's all about what you want to do. Got it. So if you want to eat like that and do that every day and spend like that, you should do that. No, that's horrible. It's up to you. Uh, anyway. And I support your right to choose. Do you really support my right? Because you said that a lot, but I don't believe you. I do support your right to choose. When you said that you wanted to get extensions, I said, go ahead. When you said that you wanted to get mascara, I said, go ahead. When you you said that you wanted to get some blush and foundation, I said, go ahead. I support your right to choose. I just want Uh, you to know that this uh, will be seen. uh, where is it going to be seen? It's going to be seen all over America. And I'm fine with that because I'm happy with the, you're not going to body shame me. I'm not going to body shame you. And you're you? not going to oval face shame me. Got you. Okay. A lot of times I feel like there's a lot of scrutiny that people have who have oval shaped faces. Do you have an oval shaped face? And I do. And I feel that because I have an oval shaped face, you come at me very foul. Got it. And you have a square shaped face. And Got you it. seem to think that you are elitist and above me. I am. Because you have sharp right angles. I am. I have round, round, round cul-de-sac curves. Yeah. And I, am, and I, will, and I will not be silent. Well, it's a scientific fact that those with oval shaped faces are below us. But that's another story. Let's go ahead and do a Kalites camera action. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. You know what? Because I'm not going to fool with you today. I'm not going to fool with you today. I'm going to show you some pictures. Oh, I can't do that. Y'all, I want to show um, Marcellus some pictures. And like he has to tell us what celebrities these are. But they what can't is, see the pictures, can I, I know. Why you didn't think that through? Let's they unpack that. They can't see that. Why I didn't think what through? Because you've been stressing Let's me out. Let's unpack that. Let's unpack it. Well, let me take out my first days of clothes. You. My <laughs> second days of clothes. You. My third day of clothes. You. Toiletries. You. You sound a little it's frazzled. It's you. You've been stressing me out. But you know what? I'm going to get through this. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, I'm going to get through it. I'm always gonna get naming through. me and always shaming me. That's the problem. Well, let me ask producer Brandon. Producer Brandon. How was your week? Uh oh. Uh, it, it was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Producer so, Brandon has this secret stash of candy that I just keep catching him just eating, and I want to know where he got it from because I want <laughs> it. <laughs> I think that's really all it is that you want my candy. I want the candy. I love it. I tell you where I got the candy from. Where'd you get it from? And you could go get some. Where'd you get it? I went to the corner market. Market up the street. Got it. I, I like. Walk, I got me two bags of chips and some candy. I like. Arlington All right, Park. here we go. So, <clears throat> you ready? We're getting ready to learn some more about Marcellus, the TV guy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my fave. Um, Marcellus is a TV guy. I'm the movie guy. And in this lights camera action, we're going to get to know Marcellus. This quiz is going to determine whether or not uh, we're going to find out what kind of flirt Marcellus is. Mm. 
All right. I'm going to ask Marcellus a series of questions, and then we're going to figure out what the quiz tells us about Marcellus. All right, Marcellus. I'm going to give you a I'm question. A I'm sorry, what? Um, never mind. I'll let the quiz tell us. Yeah, don't tell us what kind of flirt you are. That's the purpose of the quiz. Okay, go ahead. What's your ideal first date spot? A party or a coffee shop? First date? Eh. I think a party. I need to see how you are when you wild. Oh, okay. What look would make you feel most confident on a first date? A bold red lip or a spritz of your favorite perfume? <laughs> I want you to know I've I've never ceased to hate you more. Um <laughs> I'm going to say a bold red lip so I can stand out. <laughs> How would your friends describe you? Adventurous or thoughtful? Uh, um, both. You can't beat this one or the other. Thoughtful. Okay. How comfortable are you with flirting? Very. You could write 17's love tips yourself. Not very. I'm glad you get it the makes kick you nervous. <laughs> I'm glad you get the kick out of this. <laughs> I'm actually not very flirty, so not very. What's your go-to flirting movie? You ask your crush out. Why beat around the bush? You wait for a group study sesh. It's the perfect opportunity to get closer to your crush. Well, that just sound creepy, but that's my choice. Uh huh. You go wait. I'm gonna wait. In your mo in your worst nightmares, how does your flirting go wrong? Your crush doesn't realize you're interested, or you freeze up and don't know what to say to your crush. Uh, I guess freeze up, yeah. All right. Which celebrity do you want a, your best friend to be? Gigi Hadid or Zendaya? Zendaya. I love that woman. How would you describe your crush? Popular, outgoing, and fun? Smart, sweet, and just a little bit nerdy. Okay, um, any day now you might want to answer this question. Can I have a moment to think? It's, you had a millennia of time to think. Got you. Can I hear it again, Alex? Smart, sweet, and just a little bit nerdy, popular, mm -hmm. outgoing, and fun. You have to choose one of those, probably. It's like a mix. It can only be one. Okay, the, the, the sweet and nerdy. Got it. Which Taylor Swift lyric describes your attitude towards your crush? Ooh. You look like bad news. I gotta have you from 22. Or Romeo, take me somewhere we can be alone from Love Story. Bad news. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> if you answered mostly with the first column, column, which you did, then that means you're a bold flirt like Veronica Lodge. You're confident outgoing and instinctively know how to turn on the charm you don't see anything wrong with just coming out and saying hey i like you you know from experience that that works and if you answer mostly with the second column you're betty cooper you're shy <laughs> sweet flirt hitting on your crush is kind of daunting so you take a slightly more subtle approach just being your awesome self and dropping tiny hints that you like them 
Your natural personality shines through and that's all you need. But if your crush doesn't seem to be getting the message, work up the guts to ask your bae for a study date so you can get some more one-on-one time together. All right. So why did this quiz say if you chose that or if you, why didn't it just say what I chose? Well, I'm looking at your results and you were the um, first column. You were actually kind of um, bold. Really? Yeah. It was because I wore that red lip. That's what it was. That red lip got you out. (laughs) So I like to thank Seventeen Magazine for this Does Your Crush, uh, what kind of crush, what kind of um, flirt are you? I'm more of a shy crush, I believe, but hey, you know. According to Seventeen Magazine, I could be wrong. You could be a little. You maybe you're bold when you were drunk. Possibly. You know, I've seen you when you. I drink. prefer the word tipsy. Well, that's for somebody who's not drunk. Okay. You are not tipsy. I be tipsy. Mm. And then it goes to drunk. No. no you no, no. see what happens is Marcellus will start at tipsy. And end at drunk. As most people do. But I mean, I'm going to. Why are you denying this? Why are you so uncomfortable with the truth? I'm not uncomfortable with the truth. I'm just going to control where this bus goes. Because you want to stay at Tipsy. Oh, you trying to control where the bus, so now you're going to drive under the influence? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, attention, all passengers, please. I feel like the My Fave audience now believes that I am an alcoholic due to you. Uh uh-uh. uh, you're not gonna push that on me. We never. Do you have any alcohol sitting here with you as we're recording this podcast? I don't. You absolutely do, and I'm taking a picture of it. I do not. You have no. You have alcohol every time we record. I don't know what you're talking about. We've done 30 episodes, so you're calling so it that's alcoholic. 30 alcohols clearly, that you've had, but clearly you're delusional because there's I nothing am here. Not delusional. Well, we're going to take a break and we're going to be able to kind of figure out and maybe what's if, going on. If Marcellus is not drunk, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, y'all? This is Cedric the Instigator and I'm back again. Back, back, back again. And I'm just here breaking up with people because you know that's what I do best because I love me some mess. So this time I have someone here by the name of Carl Bernstein and he was telling me that he is tired of his wife. She's too much. And I'm going to go ahead and do a live call so that all you can hear so I can get some more people because we ain't had that many breakups this season. So I want y'all to meet Carl Bernstein. Uh, Carl, how you doing? (laughs) Oh. It sounds like you're going through a lot, Carl. Listen, 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 it's Carl, Carl Bernstein here. And uh-huh. I just, uh, 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 I can't, I, I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. What, what's going on? It's Ellen. It's Ellen Bernstein. Uh, you, perhaps you've heard of her. She's in, uh, what was she in? I don't know. All of them. She was in all of them. Okay. And if I hear it one more time, I can't take it. I just, God. So Damn you it. sure this is what you want to do? Because I'm going to call and we're going to break up. Call her. Call her up right now. Okay, I'm about to call Ellen call right now. Right and now. I'm going to let everybody hear how this goes. Oh, God, Ellen. Because, listen, you ain't even got to worry, Carl, because I don't play no games when it comes to breakup. If you're done, you're done. Hello, it's Ellen Um, Hi, Ellen. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm working on my new production of Peter has a big packer. Oh my! Oh well, Ellen, I Marie, just Michael Tudor is Peter. Oh God! I'm gonna break Molly and Marie. Ellen. Who works at the bar across the street? Ellen, can you hear me? I can hear you. So my name is Cedric the Instigator, and uh, I'm just calling to let you know that your husband. Oh my God! You have a great voice. 
I'm just you sound like you can play in my new upcoming uh, Broadway special she, Downtown Down Low Mid and Downton Alley Excuse me? I would love you to play Debian uh, Crock Crocker Okay, Ellen God damn it, Ellen Ellen, if you would just you sit and listen Ellen, are you listening? Oh Ellen, God damn this it, Ellen, are you listening? Ellen, listen, my name is Cedric the Instigator, and I'm calling to let you know that Carl is trying to break up with you. Oh, God. Ellen, it's it done. I can't take it. God it's damn it, done. Ellen. I've been dealing with this okay. for too damn long. So it sounds like Jumping to me that you bridge. you don't have no choice. You stuck with her. That, no. I'll give you a refund. Oh, God, no. Everybody, make sure you oh, call God, me no. at 1-800-GET-GHOST. That's 1-800-GET-GHOST. Welcome back. We are back, everybody, and we are so happy to be here. Um, before the break, we found out that Ken is delusional. He loves to point out something about me that is just not true. That's but, not true. But I am okay with it because I'm semi-delusional. I was brought on this earth to help people like Kenneth. I am one of those people that was sent here to help Marcellus. Got it. Kenneth, do you know what time it is? I know what time it is. The world, myself, and everyone else would like to know what is... Wait a minute. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm ready for this. <laughs> we got to tell everybody what the theme is this yes, week. Yes, we do. Yes. Yes, we do. Tell you everybody what it is. You did the again. I wonder what be going on in your mind when you do I that. I didn't do a half blink. Um, <laughs> I did this a third, week three quarters This week is very, very interesting. We are going to talk about psychological thriller. <gasps> Ooh. Marcellus, for this part, you should put This is a dun, beautiful, dun. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful theme. Because or you should do the psycho. Got it. See how everybody is listening to what I was doing? Any other suggestions? You could put that sound there. It would be good. Got it. So one thing about a psychological thriller is it's very intense. It's rare to really know what's going on or the person in the movie doesn't know what's going on. It's all kind of like fun things that happen. I think psychological thrillers are amazing. What do you think about them, Ken? I love psychological thrillers. Got it. Yes, I do. Got it. You ready to, for me to tell you about what my psychological thriller is that I picked? Ken, what, what is... What my fave psychological thriller is? What is your fave psychological thriller? I was so excited by this genre. Okay, I don't have a lot to report, but I have some powerful information to communicate to all our listeners. For me, this psychological thriller genre was very interesting because it forced me to think about what a psychological drama is a thriller is and once i really understood then it was easy for me to choose my fave psychological thriller is none other than rear window by alfred hitchcock i'm about to take y'all back because we have a very young listening um, group of people and I know some of you may or may not have seen this movie can I tell you you need to do yourself a favor and check out my fave psychological growth the <laughs> rear window made in 1954 by the master director himself Alfred Hitchcock starring Jimmy Stewart and 
the beautiful, flawless beauty that is Grace Kelly. Yes, Grace Kelly. Basically, we have a photojournalist played by uh, Jimmy Stewart who had an accident while he was doing this action shoot for like a race car magazine or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. He hurts his leg. He's stuck in a wheelchair. He has a nurse that has to come over and help him every day to make breakfast and lunch and dinner for him. And then Grace Kelly, she's like a fashion designer consultant. And so she's his girlfriend and she comes over and checks on him. He picks up this new hobby of spying on his neighbors from his window. And the way the apartments are set up, he can look through... Uh, and see into the windows of all the other people that live in the apartment as well as the courtyard. Mm -hmm. And so he has his binoculars, and he's just kind of like, let me look and see what people are doing. It's like his new hobby, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And he witnesses what he thinks is a murder. Ooh. So he pulls in his nurse, Stella, who's an amazing actress. Um, I think her last name is Ritter. I forgot what her first name, Catherine Ritter or something like that. And then Grace Kelly, playing his girlfriend, he pulls them all in to his mind of, of 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 did they or did they not? And everyone's looking through the binoculars and trying to figure out, can I tell you, this movie is so stylish and so amazingly well shot. It is so dope because we get a, a sense of who these people are just by looking into their windows right. and seeing what kind of lives they live. We never see these people out in the world, per se. We only see them through Jimmy Stewart's binoculars. And so as the movie progresses, we as the audience are not sure just as much as Jimmy Stewart's character is not sure. We're all on the same page. Right. And you have to watch the movie to figure out whether or not what he saw really happened oh i love stuff like that and i love me some Alfred oh, Hitchcock. so good you guys please do yourself a favor and go see this movie back in the day 1954 this movie only cost a million dollars to make it made 36 million dollars um which obviously was amazing they created the entire set for this film and they shot the whole movie on one set um, the courtyard, the buildings were like three stories high, everything. And there was supposed to be a total of like 31 apartments, but they actually built eight full apartments with uh, electricity, running water, fully furnished. So you had these very realistic pieces, which obviously helps add to right. the film. It is a um i mean it's a staple go-to and a lot of movies obviously then piggybacked off of rear window and their whole thing as a result of alfred hitchcock because he made the movie in 1954 i think it's just so amazing that you have all these different directors and somebody like alfred hitchcock who has a clear point of view mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. things that he does i remember there was something i was learning in school and he was doing this kind of like this diagram of how you have to add different things Mm -hmm. to make people understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it will show like your face and Mm -hmm. you would do the same exact uh, facial expression Mm -hmm. all the way through. Mm -hmm. But right before it showed a face, it would show uh, a little girl in a coffin Mm -hmm. and then it'll show your face and you feel like, oh, he's sad. Mm -hmm. And then it'll show like food or something like, oh, he's hungry. Mm -hmm. But the face never changed. Ah, So so it's like he used this like psychological stuff Mm -hmm. to like, try to get stuff to be pushed more and he really understood 
what you add to it is just mm-hmm. as important as your like main actor mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. Alfred Hitchcock was brilliant at this. Um, he was uh, obsessed with a lot of his leading ladies, but he was particularly close to Grace Kelly. Mm-hmm. And um, Grace Kelly didn't smoke in any of her movies. She never wanted to play a character that smoked. This is the only film where she is on camera as smoking. Smoking. Um, and he was one of those guys who was so hands-on he was all a part of the hair and how the makeup and how the the costumes are going to look and what the character was going to be wearing and all kind of stuff like that and so he is um by far not the only one who's like this but he just does such great work yeah so um i I just want y'all to please if you're looking for a psychological thriller remember this is a genre of movie and television that causes you to go on this journey with the cast and the main characters as to trying to figure something out and the thrill comes from not a supernatural source okay um not from a monster but from psychological stressors right that's where we're getting it you know we have jump scares where is the monster in the closet is he on top of the boudreaux or is he going to come out of the pond when the kid's looking in the pond so we're getting anxious because we know there's a monster in the pond the pond is dark we're waiting for it to come out and grab the kid this is not what this is this is a psychological scare it is a psychological roller coaster and when you understand that what alfred hitchcock was able to do with this film was by far phenomenal and it was 1954 i'm kind of in love with the 50s and the 60s for fashion regions i be, i love how everybody dressed up back then just to go to the market <laughs> um i feel it's a very stylized era and i love uh to see like department stores and everyone these women went out with white gloves and pearls to go shopping i don't know it was just so rich and luxe. Yeah. everything was luxe to me back in the 50s so that's my fave. Oh my god, that's so cool. Have you seen Rear Window? Uh, I haven't. Oh my god, you've got you, you have got to see this. There's like some movies that you you have to see this film. That's so. You have cool. to. You have to. Anyone who um is a cinephile and you really you know value your films, y'all gotta go see uh, Rear Window. This movie is available for rent. And don't trip on your local library because you know how I saw some of these films? I went to my local library and I rented the DVD. Okay? It's free. My taxes are paying for it. Your taxes are paying for it. Go to your local library. They have a DVD section and they have almost all of these old classics that Marcellus and I talk about on this show. Go to your local library. I wish we had a partnership with the Los Angeles Library. Right. Because they really have all these films. That's how I saw Rear Window. I went and I just uh, rented, I borrowed it from the library. If you were a director and mm-hmm. you were to make your first psychological thriller, mm-hmm. what would the title be? Frog Legs is Pippin. Frog Legs is Pimpin? Mm-hmm. I have to know, what what is it about? So there's this man, mm-hmm. and everyone knows him. He's on the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. and his name is Frederick frog legs okay what they think is there's a string of murders where these prostitutes are showing up dying mm-hmm. on the streets the mean streets of south side of chicago mm-hmm. but they think it has to do with him but it's not him and he's like i want to know who killing my hoes okay and he's trying to find out throughout the movie i want to know who's killing my hoe and that's gonna be like the tagline <laughs> and um his name is frederick frog legs the pimp 
and he he's gonna find out who's killing his hoes. Got you. Uh, it's you, a psychological thriller. You set us because, back a few years. Listen, whoever you think it is, that's not who it is. No, I didn't set you back. The movie takes place in 1972. Got you. Got you. Got you. Well, uh, who killing my hoes? <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a break. I want to know who killing my hoes. Hey, everybody. It's Marcellus with my fave, and I'm here to do a special interview with the one, the only Ellen Bernstein. I'm Ellen Bernstein. I'm a Broadway star. Yes, yes. Don't we love her? She's a jewel. Um, I'm warming up my voice. Okay, so. Petty, petty poop. Mini petty, fans. Petty, pop. Petty, petty poop. Have one. Petty, petty pop. Ellen. Petty, petty poop. Ellen. One Jew, Many two, three, fans Jew, have wondered one Jew, two, Jew, three. a lot about her. Out and out. I don't know why. But so since they have, we're going to ask now. you, we're going to ask you some rapid fire questions. We do it all the time. We're producer Brandon. So I'm going to ask you questions. You answer them. Okay. We can't spend too much time on stuff. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, Reminds God. me of the play I did back in 1962. Oh, Ellen. Charlie, don't go down the well. <laughs> I played Ida Gardner. Ellen. I was the <laughs> housekeeper. Okay. Let's go. Ellen, would you rather be hairy or bald? I'm both right now. Which you like to know where? No. Inquiring minds want to know. Ellen. Ask Pat Sajak. He knows. What's your favorite candy? Baby Ruth. Why? And I did it with him in the alley. 1962. I cannot A deal with you. Home run right in my vagina. Ellen, you can't say that on here on this podcast. Reminds me of a show I did. Uh, okay. Anyway, Ellen, what is your favorite book? My favorite book is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? That bitch took my role, Elizabeth Taylor. You crackhead whore. Okay, Ellen. I'm, I'm struggling here. Um, who's your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush is Zac Efron. Why? I'd be a lifeguard and bring him back to life. My blow skills are amazing. Ellen, okay, they called Ellen. me Dolly Parton the Ellen, Blowell okay, when Ellen. I got shipped at the USS Minnesota. Ellen, what stresses you out? The things that stress me out is when they don't bring my Coke when I ask for it. Are you talking about the soda? Oh! Reminds me of a play I did oh. called Marching Mamunchen. Okay. It was a German play Ellen, on Broadway. I'm going to ask you one I last question. Heidi Click Clack. I'm going to ask you one last question, Ellen. I don't even know why we even decided I'm to ready. put you is on here. Is this my fave? Yeah. Yes. My, I mean, excuse me. Uh, excuse I me? I didn't know. We've given you many opportunities, Ellen. I'm Ellen Bernstein. I'm a Broadway star. Okay, here's my last question and we done. What is your ideal vacation? My ideal vacation is to be locked into a sauna with three men. Okay, you know all what? All of them putting oil all over my body where Ellen, my varicose veins are. Ellen, I'm worried. And I like them to pretend like they're the 405 freeway that meets the 101 that meets the 110. Okay. And by the time we enough. exit, Let's stop. you can... Okay, everybody, we are back. We're back. And we're going to ask Marcellus, who is the TV guy. <gasps> you sure you want to ask me? I want to ask you so much. And I'm going to ask you like nine questions. Ask me nine questions. I'm going to answer the them segment, all. During the segment. I'm going to ask you nine questions, so be ready. Marcellus Orion Kid, as the TV guy of the Fame My Fave podcast. I'm here. The genre today is psychological thriller. What is your favorite psychological thriller television show of all time? I'm sorry, this show is not called My Favorite. It's called My Fave. Anyway, my fave That's the alcohol psychological thriller <laughs> is 
Dexter. Ooh. I've never seen it. You've never... I'm so excited for you to tell me about it. You've never seen it? I've always wanted to see it, and people was like, oh, you need to see Dexter, and I haven't seen it. Dexter is... I saw one beginning of one episode. Maybe I'll watch some tonight. Okay. Dexter is amazing. Let me just start by saying that. I chose this as my fave because not only is it just my fave psychological thriller in general, it's mm-hmm. one of my fave shows mm-hmm. just to watch mm-hmm. because of its premise, because of like what it was about and how it was executed. Ooh. Now I must say this is this is a uh, common thing with me. The shows I tend to love the most tend to be the shows that went very downhill towards the last season. Oh. And unfortunately Dexter was one of them. Okay. Which sucked, but mm-hmm. it still was a great show. Okay. Um uh, so, let's get into it. Dexter is an American TV crime, drama, mystery and psychological thriller. Yes. All them things in one. Yes. And you have people like Michael C. Hall, Jennifer Carpenter, David Zayas, James Ramar, and C.S. Lee. You had all these people who, a lot of them were new, but a lot of them had other roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jennifer Carpenter, she was in White Chicks. Mm-hmm. You had like all these different people come together on this show that really kind of changed TV in mm-hmm. some way. Like some of the things you could put on TV or the way oh. you could the way you can make people think while watching a TV show. Okay. And I guess that's why the psychological thriller jumps into play. I often, which is funny, I often found that um every now and then I would like smoke or something. Okay. And watch it. Okay. And I couldn't you couldn't what? I couldn't watch that show and be a little high cuz it what does it, it made do? me feel like somebody's going to come kill me. I've never felt wow. It really made me feel like that because just well i'll explain why okay so it ran from october 2006 Mm -hmm. all the way to september 2013 okay and the show is set in miami okay but the funny part is i'm gonna give out a fun fact they filmed it in long beach (laughs) (laughs) nice so that's kind of fun but you would not know that if you didn't look it up it really feels like it's in miami okay that's what i love cinematic magic nice um but it's centered around dexter morgan uh who is michael c hall and he basically was an or he was orphaned at a young age because he witnessed his mother's gruesome death. She oh. was murdered by a chainsaw and <laughs> oh. all like in front of his face, blood was on him and everything. But he was a little kid, like a baby. Um, but he grew up with that in his mind and he still saw flashes of it. And he was adopted by um, I think it's James Ramar, who saw that he was uh, you know, alone, okay. but also saw that he had these homicidal tendencies as he grew up because okay. he would do the normal, you know, killing animals and oh. things like that. Oh, but would kind of show signs of wanting to kill people or something like that. And so this guy who was a police officer basically decided that he was uh, going to, you know, take care of him and kind of nurture this side of him, but kind of make him be in a way a, vigil- a vigilante. Oh, okay. We just took a twist. That is the that what? is the 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 whole like premise of the show. Oh, I've got to see the show. A vigilante serial killer. Wow. So he's a good killer. That's what you figure. That's what you have to figure out while watching the show. Oh, which is why I love psychological thrillers because you kind of sit there wondering whose side am I on? You know. Oh, he's a serial killer, and n- n- not to take anything. But he's only from killing it. bad people. Right, but should he be serial killing? <laughs> right. I say yes. Well, I'll tell you more. So, 
the first season was actually derived from a novel, uh, okay. Darkly Dreaming Dexter. Okay. And it was adapted for screenplay by James Manos Jr. Okay. Uh, after, like, the first season, they started to kind of just go in, uh, this is doing good, and they just started adapting their own things and making the show go on more. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it won many awards, including two Golden Globes. Okay. I remember Michael Dexter. C. Hall won an award, and so did James Lithgow because yeah. he was in one of the seasons, which was probably one of the best seasons. John of the Lithgow, show. let me just stop everybody. Okay, oh if you don't know John Lithgow as one of these amazing great actors, you don't know television and you don't know film. John Lithgow is a and if you come at me with Thirty Rock from the Sun, I know you don't know him. Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun is not John Lithgow. John Lithgow came into prominence on the screen yes as villains he played evil characters and he you know what was funny oh he's so good i didn't see a lot of his stuff till after dexter Mm -hmm. but i had seen third rock from the sun as a Mm -hmm. kid because he'd Mm -hmm. come on at night right and i thought he was such a nice always this nice character so when i saw him on dexter i was like Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's amazing, guys. Yeah, he really, really, really is amazing. The show, of course, did very, very good. And the season four finale was the most watched original series episode on Showtime at that time of all time. Oh. <laughs> and then they announced the final season and then they had even more people watching, mm-hmm. you know, the first episode. But okay. kind of dwindled because people was like, come on. Okay. I feel like a lot of shows like, have a hard time ending. They have a hard time doing the end. These great shows have a hard time ending because you get all this like fanfare. Yeah. But um, the thing that really drew me to the show is the fact that when I watched it, I was on his side. Okay. And I said, am I siding with a serial killer? You know, Marcellus watches a lot of killing shows. Oh, I do. I watch a lot he of jail shows. He loves a lot of stuff. Killing, if you had met my mom, y'all would have got along because that's all she watched was ID Channel. Can I tell you why, though? It, I asked producer you Brandon pets, earlier. Do you? I, no. I asked producer Brandon mm. earlier, like, because I was trying to think of a doc, if a documentary had counted a psychological thriller. I know it was a stretch, but in yeah. my mind, I was thinking about it because I really love to, like, try to get into the mind of why you know, someone does that. Not just the how, not just the whatever. You should be a psychologist. But I was watching this one show and they were kind of like digging into the minds of uh, psychopaths. Mm-hmm. People who were literally labeled psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it psychopathy or psychopathy? I don't know the, how to say I it. I don't know. Um, they were digging into the minds of like any correlations between their lives. And a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them had very rough upbringings where like mom and dad were both gone or Mm -hmm. mom and dad both died Mm -hmm. or mom killed dad or dad killed mom. Mm -hmm. And then whatever, there's molestation, but all kind of things that build up to this person who now as an adult has to be in a world and kind of like, operate mm-hmm. with all these things that because mm-hmm. we don't i don't think we think about it that much mm-hmm. until we're older that as we're kids growing up our life is full of us absorbing mm-hmm. everything around us mm-hmm. i hate to say it but almost everything i do is something that my yes. parents did yes the food i eat the way i clean up mm-hmm. the way i watch tv mm-hmm. the, the times i go do this or go do that my ideologies is a lot from parents mm-hmm. so not to say that these people need any break, because if you go around killing people, then okay, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But you have to think sometimes, like, damn, like their whole life was negativity. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was nothing stable, nothing nurturing, nothing felt like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, no, that's true. So I think about that, and then this show 
touches on that heavily mm-hmm. because Dexter is adopted into this family and Jennifer Carpenter plays his sister. Mm-hmm. And fun fact is they were married for like two seasons out of like in real life marriage. Oh, nice. And got divorced, but continued to work together. Okay. But Get that money for them to, uh, to be siblings, uh, the whole time he's really, trying to hide that the only person that knows is his dad okay so he's trying to hide that from his sister Mm -hmm. but him and his sister are super close oh and just to think about it but i won't give too much away i'm just gonna say people need to watch it people need to see uh i used to get really nervous Uh because there's parts in the show where he he kills of course okay (laughs) he goes to kill and it's almost like a hunt like he's like a lion hunting for people whatever okay and he has a killing room Oh. That he creates where he goes uh-huh. and stuff. And I found out that it takes the crew like 12 hours to build it and like eight to nine hours to shoot whenever they're doing like the killing scenes. Oh, wow. And I found out the blood actually, because the blood is really a big deal in that show because I mean, you need a lot, lot of blood. it. Yeah. The blood is made from a maple syrup mixture of maple syrup, food coloring, peppermint oil, and Dawn dish soap. The maple syrup is for the consistency. Uh-huh. The food coloring, of course, is for the color. Uh-huh. Uh, the peppermint oil is so that bugs and shit they'll be trying to come get some syrup. Okay. And the Dawn dish soap is so that actors and actresses have an easier time cleaning it out. I heard that cornstarch, because mm-hmm. most people do like the cornstarch and food right. coloring. Cornstarch is a little hard to get out your clothes. And there was one thing I missed to say of why the blood is so important. Uh, another part that's not giving it away is now in in normal time, mm-hmm. Dexter is a blood splatter, blood splatter pattern analysis for Miami PD. Ah, uh, I remember the first episode he was at a, it opened with him at a, at a scene of a crime analyzing the blood splatter. So he goes to all of these crime scenes where people have died. That's how he know he be kill, who kill people. Right. And who to and go whoever kill. whoever slips between the cracks of the, the justice system. That's who he goes after. And that also must make him a good detective. Well, he's not a detective. He's well, just, it, right, but it right. must make him good for him yeah. to figure out who did it because oh, yeah, they obviously he's everything out. obviously they slip through. And he's great at the blood splatter stuff. He can walk in a room and say she was over here and this happened and, and, and you know. Yeah. So he kind of knows all of that, and in his little vigilante life, he's going for the bad people, but he's trying to figure out himself if he's good for going for the bad people because even though he chose this lifestyle, yeah, doesn't mean he doesn't have a thirst for killing because he's a he's not just. I'm gonna kill you because you're bad. He's a serial killer. Okay. Who happens to kill bad people? So you have to watch the show and figure out how you feel. You know? I'm gonna watch this. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna f- watch this tonight. A few more fun facts we can because I love this show. I've I've been wanting to start it over too. Um, a few more fun facts. I said Long Beach and everything. Uh, Deb, who is played by Jennifer Carpenter, mm-hmm. she's really known for cursing a lot in the show. Okay, a lot. And it's so hilarious. So a fan kind of tallied it up, and she says the F word a total of 996 times throughout the show. Nice. Very harshly, too. Nice. She's the kind of person who would be like, holy fucking fuck, Dexter. Right. Fucking fuck, fuck, Dexter, fuck. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) And uh, another fun fact is he's... One of the ways that... uh, I hope I'm not giving too much away, but one of the ways he kills people is with a needle because he can... Some people are bigger than him and everything. Mm-hmm. So he kind of incapacitates people. Okay. And he always has this needle that he just comes out of nowhere, out of the shadows and whatever. And does it with people. Okay. So he has his main needle that's actually real. It's like okay. a real needle so the camera can see it. But the needle he uses, of course, is a it's retractable needle. Right. But it looks so real when he does it. Okay. And he also has, um, he keeps, 
like trophies, uh-huh. which lets you know he's really a serial killer. Okay. He keeps trophies of blood. I'm not going to give too much away about that, okay. but some fan did a count and it said he technically has a body count number of 134 victims, which would make him one of the most, in real life, would make him one of the most pro- prolific serial killers ever. Wow. And if he was um, in real life and not get caught as much like in the show, it would be like just disastrous because all these people are dying, even though they're bad people. Yeah. It's like 134 people just right. dead. Right. Um, One thing that is really interesting to find out that was kind of depressing that mm-hmm. I did not know is Michael C. Hall, who played Dexter. He revealed he was suffering from Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2010. And he was actually really sick during the show, but he continued to record and he had to wear a wig at one point and everything. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Or if I didn't know that, I forgot. So he had cancer mm-hmm. throughout the whole Lymphoma. time? No, he didn't get it till 2010. Okay. But the show went on till 2013. Okay, so he did it. He was healthy in the beginning, got cancer in the middle, and had Continued. cancer for the last three seasons of the show. Well, he got... Or did he get he, better He again? got better, but I don't know exactly when. Okay. But yeah, it went into remission, but there was like, like maybe a half of a season and throughout the entire break before the next season kind of came. Yeah. Like he was in chemotherapy and yeah. like winning awards he's going up either with a bald head or with a hat or a on. cap on and uh-huh. stuff yeah nah I and bet she was getting also see when the next season started that he was wearing a wig like it's like about yeah. not quite a, oh, right, cancer, so. yeah you could tell you, you could. I remember thinking it was a wig okay uh, good another for thing, him that he beat it though huh another thing that was interesting is there was no improvisation during the shooting for this series and any deviation from the script had to be approved, which kind of took away from improv. <laughs> wow. So it was like, it, it, it was a big problem on that show. Um, but what I will say is like the main thing that is really big to me about this show is just, because I'm not going to lie, throughout the season, you feel for Dexter. Yeah. And he's a serial killer. Yes. <laughs> but you feel for him. I remember turning off the show sometimes thinking like this, these people going to make me crazy. Like I thought they <laughs> were trying to curse us or something. Like why am I sitting here emotionally connecting with a serial killer? Right. Right. You know, thinking what would I do in the situation right. or whatever. And sometimes hoping he'll kill these people. Right. Like, Ooh, I can't wait till he kill them. They don't know what Dexter going to do. Like that to me makes it like that. And even though the show can be light at sometimes uh-huh. it has a very strong thriller aspect, especially when he goes to kill because another part is he, he wears different clothes to do these things. Yeah. And when he's being normal, he looks the part. He wears bright clothes. He's whatever. But when he's not, it's a total different person. Ooh. So well, you should you watch it in the world. Me. Watch it if you haven't. How many seasons of this show? Oh, I think eight. Eight. But you said the last season is trash. So the first seven it I is, should It is, but be. it's still worth watching. But it's just not. It's, it just makes you mad when what you What season is John Lithgow on? Six or seven? No. Season four or five. Okay, yeah. Rundown, okay. One, season two, season. Who was when he had the British girlfriend? Do you remember that? Two. Oh, she was crazy. She uh. Was crazy. We can give you. Okay, let me ask you. No, no, don't worry, don't worry. How many episodes per season? Yeah. Oh, good. It's it's a regular. Because yeah. I uh, sometimes these episodes. The CW is only people that do twenty nine episodes a season. I'm like, jeez. And how long are the episodes? Hour. Okay. Right. And I love the theme song. Oh, the theme song's great. 
the themes of my life. Ten hours of my life. The I'm to listen. It. The themes, like I've said before on other episodes, theme song really can make or break your show. Right. And if you don't have, for me, mm-hmm. if you don't have a theme song that I can sit and watch mm-hmm. a theme sequence, opening sequence mm-hmm. that I can watch every time and not feel like I need to fast forward it, mm-hmm. then I don't know about your show because right. I be feeling like I need to. Um, to, to watch it because that's the whole thing for me. Right. But I love the Dexter one. Yeah, so. You will really appreciate the Dexter family. Okay. I'm not okay. going to play it through here because it's going to be weird trying to play it for the No, for yeah, the don't worry about it. But we're going to watch it on the break and I hope you listening uh, will go and one, I'm watch the show watch but listen it. to it if you haven't. Um, it's Showtime and it's on Netflix right now. And oh, so everybody yes. got Netflix. I'm so. gonna watch an episode. Today. And if you don't got Netflix, I one of your friends it. do. <laughs> I might binge it this week. Um, I really think it's worth people watching, and that it's worth you figuring out how you feel yeah. about uh Dexter and everything. And I'm eager now to watch it again because I haven't watched it since I was like that age. In 2006, I was 16. So oh. yeah, and I watched it while it was. Um, if anything, I was two seasons off. Okay. Then I caught on to it and watched it all the way through because okay. we always had direct TV. <laughs> no, fancy. <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying this because we're bringing you great recommendations. Recommendations. Great recommendations. And uh, this is a psychological thriller episode, y'all. We want you to be in your house with the lights oh, off. I'm sorry. Please watch with the lights off. I got one more thing to say if uh, many people know. That watch the show. I'm not. I'm just going to say it, and hopefully people will laugh about it. They get it, and if not, you got to watch the show. But surprise, motherfucker! That's all. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> if you watched the show, you laughed, <laughs> and if you don't watch the show, you just giggled. I want everyone to take a break because that's what we're getting ready to do. And we're going to be back with our must-watch and any honorable mentions that any. either of us have. <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> What's your name? Hey, I'm Miss Ophelia Whitaker. Hi, Miss Ophelia. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for um, a couch. I'm, I got a new place, and I really, really want a couch. Well, we have plenty of couches here at Harold's Old Things. Uh, you can just... Look over there, you see that beautiful green couch? I know, that's. I, I saw that when I came in. How's, how much? Oh, that couch is only about $125. Well, that's not bad at all. No, not at all. You, you thinking about purchasing it? I really am. Well, I mean, I, I know your stuff has a lot of history. Like, what, what it's about? Yeah. Well, no, the, the, the couch is uh, uh, just nothing special. Just something that um, my husband bought me doing our first housewoman gift. Oh, me. that's so beautiful. Uh-huh. He died on it. Oh, like die, die? Yeah, he had a heart attack. <sighs> I was giving him head. Oh my, g- okay. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll wait for a couch. Um, I do see a really nice lamp over there in the corner. It's oh yes, that beautiful porcelain white lamp. Yes. That is a beautiful lamp. Oh my God, how much is that? Oh, that lamp is only gonna cost you about $75. That's a good price, it's in good condition. It looks uh-huh. Like. What, I mean, what's the backstory? I'm scared to ask a little bit. But... Oh, no, don't be scared, honey. I appreciate the conversation. A lot of people don't come in. Okay. Uh, the Harold bought that for me. Oh, Harold. Uh-huh. Harold bought that for me on Valentine's Day, 1967. Wow. Uh-huh. He died when he oh. brought it in. Wait a minute. So, but I thought he died on the couch. Oh, he did. 
I'm very confused now. Oh, nothing to be confused about. Harold died often, many, many times. Really? Mm-hmm. That's really You still want to get the lamp? You know what? I don't think I need a lamp right now either. Um, what about this? This little looks like a coin purse. I just could. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh huh. It's a little, little yellow leather coin purse. It's so you beautiful. You don't see a lot of yellow leather, do you? Yeah, I, I never do. And you know what? I feel like it's the thing that might not have like a lot of history. Oh no, 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 no. If you want to get it, I'm only selling it for five dollars. Beautiful. Uh huh. Is this something you think you might want? Right. I think I'm gonna get it for my daughter. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Harold bought it for our daughter. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. But she died. Oh wow. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and go. All right. Well, thank you for stopping by. If All you right. ever wanna come back, I'm gonna fill you with a cup of Harold's old things right on the corner of 43rd and Wilshire. I'm open Monday through Wednesday because I get up in the morning at 6 a.m. But I'm sleep by four. Come on by. We are back, everybody. We back. We just finished hearing uh, our fave psychological thriller movie and our fave psychological thriller television show. Now, we're going to do our must watch. Yes, we are. Marcellus, what is your must watch? Oh, Kenneth. Psychological thriller television show. You know, I had a few things in my mind. Or do you want me to go? I'll go. I had a few things in my mind. Because I could mind. go. I'm, I got it. I had a few things If you in really my, needed Kenneth, me to, I could say something at Kenneth, this point about what mine was. Kenneth. You want to go? Yeah. Okay. I had a few things. If you didn't think about it enough, I definitely would be able to go right now. Because you had just finished doing yours. And okay. I could Kenneth, come in. Actually, you know what? Just go ahead and I'm going to go. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't want to do that. J- you go. Jessica Jones is what my must watch is. Okay. Yeah. Netflix. It was hard for me though because I had a few other ones that I wanted to say. <clears throat> I knew Dexter was my choice, my main choice. Okay. But I was like, what about these other ones? So mm-hmm. I'm going to say my honorable mentions first, then I'm going to talk about Jessica. My honorable mentions are Death Note. Ooh. Because that works. I enjoyed that. Uh, that's anime, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> American Horror Story, which could be more horror. I have enjoyed that. A lot of seasons can be considered psychological thrillers. Okay. And then, of course, the incomparable Black Mirror. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very psychological. There is a new season. I hope everybody has watched it. It hasn't been doing that great, though, because people are a little concerned about it, and it's not up to par with the other ones. But I still think it's okay. I don't think it's amazing, but I think it's okay. Oh, um, I think it's because they put Miley Cyrus on it. People be hating on her. Mm. Um, anyway, Jessica Jones. Uh, I'm just going to say a little bit about this so we can move on. Jessica Jones, of course, is uh, from Marvel. And she is a lot. Because <laughs> okay. she really is so sarcastic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically has super strength and other stuff, I guess. Producer Brandon Man, Man No More. Superhuman strength. Okay. But um, she's also a private investigator. Okay. And she is just living, you know, her life. Mm-hmm. And uh, she drinks a lot of alcohol. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Love her for that. And it's just you go through trying to figure out her, trying to figure out her, everything her that's life. going on herself, her life, stuff that's been going on. I think in the comics, she was married to Luke Cage, right? In the show, they hook up a little bit, but okay. like in the comics, she's married to him, and she's a part of the Defenders. Okay, a little more like on the street. Okay, 
like uh, a vigilante on the street yeah vigilante heroes <laughs> um but i really like the show i'm not gonna lie when i very 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 first watched the first episode of the first season mm-hmm. i was like i don't know about this one mm-hmm. and the reason i said that was because it was a little slow to get mm-hmm. going but i've come to notice that that's the style of it oh. it's it's not a very like oh my god it's just very like low-key you're just seeing things you're figuring out stuff as it goes along and it kind of messes with your mind a bit like trying to figure out what is really going on with her and you're watching like i said you're watching her try to figure out you know what's going on with herself okay so i think people should get into that it's on netflix uh third season trying to kill her oh yeah you could say that in a way kind of but more so control her i'd say that okay but it's on Netflix. Um, you can watch it now if you like. The third season just started. Okay. Uh, I think it's a great show. I'm excited. It's not for everyone. I'm excited to see it. I think it's a great show. Wait, why you say it's not for everybody? Because I think the style may... Some people need a lot of like stimulation. and it doesn't. I give think that. I was one of those people because I started Jessica Jones and stopped. Yeah, it doesn't give you... I, I personally love shows that do that because I'm on the mindset of... Everything doesn't have to be shoot them up, bang, bang, or everything doesn't have to yeah. be just so. Yeah. Rah! Like, some things can move really slow, but if you want to get into it, you can. I think it's worth it because I really, I, how I know I love shows and stuff like that, especially in this culture of I, we can watch it mm-hmm. all right now, mm-hmm. is if I'm hella ready to see the next episode. Okay. And by the time I got to the third episode, I was like, oh, I want to see number four. Right. And from then on, you know. So I'm loving it. I'm I'm here. I'll try it. I'm going to check it out. Lastly, I love main characters or heroes, let's say, the, the hero. Mm-hmm. And not even in the superhero sense. I'm just talking about like from a screenwriting por- format. Yeah. The hero... I love when she's they are not always like incredibly likable from the first bat. Yes, it's like these people are real cuz you don't necessarily like them. In the past to have a successful script and whatever blah blah, 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 blah your hero needed to be likable, relatable, all mm-hmm. these things. I think once you really get into it more, you realize she is likable cuz she's just a human being trying to make it. She's very relatable, all these things. But when you watch it initially, you like, "Ooh, She's okay. a lot. Sound like this lady I used to work with. Okay. Well, thank that's you my for that. uh, must watch. You must watch it. You guys, you heard it here first on my fate podcast. You need to go check out Jessica Jones, Marcellus's must watch. Can I tell you all what my must watch is? No. Good. My must watch is Silence of the Lambs. Oh, you get a serial killer. You get a serial killer. Silence of the Lambs. Hello, guys. (laughs) I need y'all to stop right now. If you have not watched this 1991 gem, you are doing yourself a disservice. Your next film needs to be Silence of the Lambs. And I need you to turn all the lights off in your living room and in your dining room. And I need you to turn off your cell phones. I want to make sure you have your popcorn ready. Talk about psychological thriller. Okay, you have Jodie Foster, who plays a young FBI cadet, who is trying to stop a serial killer known as Buffalo Bill, who is killing people and is skinning them. He is skinning people that he kills. And so she goes 
to this, you know, insane asylum pretty much to go talk to this guy named Hannibal Lecter because he may have some information that will help her solve and figure out this whole serial killer thing going on with Buffalo Bill. But can I tell you, Hannibal Lecter is one of American cinema's favorite characters that have ever graced the screen because Anthony Hopkins does such an amazing job playing this character. Marcella just said the line. Hello, Gladys. He is so good, you guys. This movie won five Oscars. What? Best actor, best screenplay, best actress, best director. Um, just not. It just it, it took all the five. It took the top five. Best film. Okay. Anthony Hopkins won for best actor that year. Jodie Foster won for best actress that year. Director and like I said, best film for nineteen ninety. Can you believe it? The top five went to this movie. Psychological thrillers don't normally get this much buzz, but when you have talented people like this, that is what happens. First of all, Anthony Hopkins is only on screen for twenty three minutes and fifty two seconds. Haney got an Oscar. When that man comes on screen, he takes over the whole movie. Jodie Foster goes to him. There's a glass in between the two because his character is so dangerous. He's a he's a cannibal. He has been he was a serial killer himself, and he would eat his victims. So he's like he he'll bite you. He'll spit. Like he has to be restrained when he's being moved from one place to the next. And so she meets him behind glass. And like I say, in order to get information to be able to help her get and catch the killer, it is very psychological. It's very cerebral. This is not one of those movies that you can walk out and go get some more juice and then come back. This is one of those movies that you'd have to push pause mm-hmm. so you don't miss a plot point. Okay, I think really that should be the defining moment of a psychological thriller. Can I walk out without pushing pause? If they say yes, you can walk. It's not a psychological thriller. It's not at all. If you can push pause, if you have to push pause, you got a psychological thriller. This man is so brilliant. Anthony Hopkins, we talk about improvisation. Jodie Foster has a southern accent in this film, and it's a part of her southern. It's a part of who she is. And so her character has a southern accent, and in the scene, he makes fun of her southern accent and that was improvised by anthony hopkins he did not tell her he was going to do that and she is visibly offended by it as she was personally offended by it and her reaction was so genuine and authentic and so at first when they said cut she was like oh my god i didn't know you was gonna do that i was like i'm in my feelings but you got a really genuine response, and thank you for that. Thank you for not telling me, and thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah, girl, he helped you get your Oscar. So I, I just want you all to know that this man uh, studied serial killers. He went and sat in on court hearings. He went and interviewed people that were in jail. He did his homework. Thank you, Sir Anthony Hopkins. I just want you all to um, please go and see Silence of the Lambs. Again, this is available at your local library. So all you got to do is go to your local library and you can get this film. It's free 99, free 99. And if I had to tell you guys what I would want to say as a, I don't know, honorable mention, Gone Girl. Ooh. You better go watch that. Gone Girl. Gone Girl is, listen, white women, Uh y'all can be crazy as hell. Here we go. That white woman was crazy. As hell. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all right now. 
Go see Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. Okay? And you're going to see a surprise cameo from Tyler Perry, which he was not playing my dear. He did very good in that role. It was a very small part, but he did really well. And a lot of the critics were like, uh, Tyler Perry did really good. Like, it was like, he really did good. I just have to mention that because he's black. But I need y'all to go see Gone Girl. It is a psychological thriller with twists and turns unlike anything that you've ever been, you would ever see. And who's the lady who wrote this book? She wrote the book and then it became a movie. And she wasn't happy with her job or something like that. She got fired and she went home and wrote Gone Girl and her life would never be the same. Rich and in charge. I love it. That's it. I'm out. Peace. Bye. Gillian Flynn. Flynn. Thank you, producer Brandon. Well, Kenneth, I just want to let you know that that was very intense. Just like a psychological thriller. Yeah. Just like a psychological thriller. Did y'all feel the intensity coming out of the radio and out the speakers? It's intense. That's how you're going to feel when you watch a psychological thriller. Kenneth, since you're being intense, where can uh, everyone find you? They can find us on all social media and all streaming platforms. Uh All of them. Any of them. All of them. I would like to say for those who are listening to us right now, this is where you can help. do it you know what you need to do please 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 leave us a review let us know how you're feeling about the podcast if you see something say something but do it um on on the review section and um tell us how you like the show and any podcast streaming that you're using you can do a review you can rate let us know how you tell us what your favorites are if we if you could tell us we would bring you up on the next episode kenneth i really don't appreciate you interjecting while i'm trying to talk this is a part of the chemistry that you all comment on between me and Marcellus. You feel it? This is horrible. Uh, but, but yes, please leave us a review. Let us know how you feel. Subscribe. All of that good stuff. Subscribe. And go ahead and go to our YouTube. Subscribe. Watch these beautiful Auntie Tina videos. There are more to come. Give us some thoughts of what, I mean, give us your thoughts and how you like everything. We would love, 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 love to keep on making beautiful things for you all you can follow me at marcellus underscore kid everywhere and you can follow kenneth at ken brown 79 everywhere and you know i'm not on twitter know that we love i'm on twitter i'm not on twitter we just want you to know that we love you so you can't follow me everywhere and we think you're amazing that's one place you won't find me there's no one else if you looking on twitter like you not there no one else like you. If you just happen to go by there, I'm not going to be Kenneth, give us one word of wisdom as we go ahead and leave on today. Don't let grasshoppers nibble on your knees. Why not? Because you're going to get syphilis. Got you. That's deep. Y'all better keep that. And everybody needs to know that. Hasta la pasta, everybody. Bye. Bye.